Maybe the thought of a family service fills some of your hearts with hurt, maybe, or pain or sadness. Maybe family doesn't have great connotations for you. But this morning, we're here together as a family, and we're so blessed in this fellowship to have the youngest and the oldest all together. We've got babies, we've got children, we've got teens, we've got students, we've got adults, we've got older generation. Aren't we blessed? We are a family here together today. And so whatever comes with your heart with that word family, know that together we're here today to worship our Lord who's made us a family together, each one valuable, each one important. So we're going to stand and we're going to sing together our first song of worship. Let's stand. And Father God, we thank you and praise you that you are forever faithful. Father God, our faith wanes. We ebb and flow, and Father God, we change with all the different situations that face us. But God, you never change. Thank you that you love us today, the same as the day you died on the cross for us. You love us through eternity. And Father God, we pray this morning that we would recognize your love for us and that you would just floor us afresh with realizing your incredible grace for each one of us. Father, come, fill our worship, fill our praises. May our hearts and minds be set on you by the power of your spirit this morning. Draw us close to you and may your name be lifted higher because you are faithful, because you're our God who deserves all our praise. Let's continue in our worship as we sing our next song. Please take your seats. We're going to have uh, Gabriel is going to come and do our first reading for us, I think. Thank you, Gabriel. Our first reading is from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Church, today's reading is Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 10. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbours, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one, one piece, do not light, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth together her friends and her neighbours, together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Thank you, Gabriel. So something you've noticed since the coronavirus is how big all of our kids have got. <laughs> They're all growing up too fast, far, far too fast. This morning, our service is carrying on the theme about being made in God's image. And around the church right now, there are some little lost sheep. 
If you can see a sheep near you, would you like to bring it up for me, please? There are some sheep around. Even upstairs, I'm afraid you have to look upstairs as well. Yours are particularly challenging, probably, because Bernd put them up there for me. Gonna have to work hard, find a lost sheep. Fantastic, come and let's stick them up here, shall we? There's a bit of spare space. So we've got one, found one sheep, thank you, Hannah. Everyone's called Hannah, thank you, Hannah, another sheep. Oh, that one's lost its blue tack, hang on a second. I've got some spare somewhere, or did have. There we go, all the way down the bottom of the bag. Do you think we're gonna find 10 this morning? Good morning. Right, we've got two, three, fantastic. Where's number four? Here. Yeah, at the moment, there's only four up here, Hannah. You're getting way too ahead. You're far too quick. Thank you very much. How many does that make? How many is this one? Does it make, how many up here now? Five. Five. Okay. We've got another one here. Six, Mr. Green Legs. What one's this one? Number seven. Hmm. <laughs> I've got someone helping me this morning. Are they, where else are we? We're definitely missing. Here's another one. Eight. Is that the one from upstairs? Is that upstairs one? There should be two upstairs. People upstairs, you're going to have to move. All those adults. Come on, Dad. On your feet. Burnt's, burnt's hidden it. Oh, they've all gone out to find my lost sheep. They've gone and ruined my story thanks to Haley telling them to go and look for a lost sheep out the side. That's not the one I was looking for. Oh, that's number 10. That's my lost sheep. But we're still missing one more, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This only makes number nine. You ruined my point out in the welcome area. <laughs> Haley. But there is one missing still, so... I think it's the upstairs one, is it? Be children. Be really careful on the stairs. Oh, we found it. We've got it. Yay. Well done. Give her a round of applause. Well done. Thank you very much. Right, children, you're welcome to come up from. Hannah's got a load of activities for you up here. We have found our 10 sheep, including the one that was hidden out the front. There goes my point, the one lost sheep that was left behind. All unique little sheep. And this morning we're talking about how we're made in God's image. If any children want to come to the front, you're very welcome to. I know some are kind of disappearing back that way. There's activities all morning down here if you want to do it. As People made in God's image, we are unique, we are special, and each one of us are valuable. Do you feel valuable this morning? I wonder, as you got up this morning, did you realize that you are valuable? Understanding that we're made in God's image is a really essential concept for us as Christians. It's what makes us as humans completely different from the rest of God's creation, Only of humans is it said that we're made in God's image. So it's really important that we understand what that means because it affects how we think about ourselves, it affects how we think of other people, and it affects how we worship God. So if you believe in God, if you're a believer of Christ, 
then what does that mean? You're a child of God. The Bible tells us we're holy and blameless. We're his masterpiece. Do you feel you're a masterpiece this morning? You are. You're chosen. You're made complete. You're loved. You're restored. You're made in the image of God. And that is incredible. The Bible uses two words to describe God's image in us. It uses the word image and likeness. An image means a representation of God. And likeness means to be like. Therefore, every person is formed by God in a unique way. Every one of us has the image of God in us. We are made in the image of God. Now that's special. In what ways do we demonstrate that we're made in God's image? No other creature is made in God's image. What makes us different from them? How does that image of God show through us? Well, it's through things like our intellect. It's through our morals, our conscience, our ability to take responsibility, decision-making, our interactions, how we function with God, his creation, and other people. So it's both structural and functional in the way that our lives demonstrate the image of God in us. So being made in the likeness of God means that we're able to enjoy knowing God. We can communicate with him. We can worship him like we have this morning. But it also comes with it responsibility. The responsibility of freedom of choice. What a gift, and yet what a responsibility. Our choices often daily let us down, don't they? By the fall, we make ongoing wrong choices. The old word of sin, where we put I first rather than God. Sometimes we can find it hard not to judge others because we see sin in them rather than seeing God's image in them. But for everyone, we're called to welcome each other as Jesus did. And we're so grateful to have Jesus as our example in Colossians, it says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus was the perfect image of God. And so by looking at Jesus, how he lived, what he did, we can know what it means for us to reflect that image too. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who's the Spirit. The renewal of the image within us involves both the work of the Holy Spirit and our responsibility, the responsibility of God's people to respond to his word. The image of God is in everybody, but it's as we know God, as we ask him into our lives, as our Lord and Saviour, that we can experience the depth of the riches of having that image. We can be like God because he's placed his image in us. And so we think about our worth. We know that God delights in us because he sees us becoming more and more like him. But knowing each other should also challenge us that knowing that God's image is in every person because it means that when we look at others, we should have no racism amongst us. Because we're all made in God's image. It means we shouldn't be discrediting people because of their disabilities or difficulties. Because we're all made in God's image. All divisions, all selfishness, all sense of one-upmanship should not be part of the Christian church. 
because we are precious to God in his sight because we're made in his image. We are valuable. This morning, I'm going to ask you again and again, do you know that you're valuable this morning? Really valuable. If you had to run into your house because there was a fire, you could get one thing. I wonder what one thing you would get. I've often thought that. It changes over the years, doesn't it? What one thing would you go and get? Hopefully, if you've got a family, you'd get them. (laughs) Hopefully, none of you would leave them in there. But they're valuable to us. Or maybe it'd be an heirloom that has been passed down your family that you'd run in and get. Or maybe it'd be your Bible because it's so precious to you. Things have value in our lives. And some things are so valuable, aren't they? Particularly life is valuable. But you too are valuable. God sees you. He knows you. He knows all of our problems and all the things we get wrong. But he sees his image in us and he loves us. You are valuable. The Pharisees thought that they were better than the sinners that they saw Jesus talking to. They didn't think he should be hanging out with them. Jesus told these parables that Gabriel read for us so beautifully to show that everyone has value. And when someone puts their trust in him, there's great rejoicing in heaven. The sheep that got lost... The shepherd went out to find it. He searched for it until he found it. Being a good person isn't enough. God cares about each one of us. And when a person comes to him in repentance and trust, then there's a great celebration in heaven. People celebrate. But being good does not give us that value. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Knowing God's saving grace, that he loves us, that he's sought us out, that, along with God's image in us, is what makes us realize how very valuable we are. We are of equal value. The minister has no more value than the person coming to worship. A doctor has no more value than a child. In God's sight, we are of equal value. Do you realize this morning how very valuable you are? You are valuable. The woman, in the second part of the story, loses her coin. She goes in search for it. She sweeps every corner until she finds it because it's important to her. It's valuable to her. She cares about it. And it's the same with God. He says that he's come to seek and save the lost. God created each one of us. We weren't a mistake. He had a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And he searches for us. Why? Because he loves us. When we respond, again, there's great rejoicing. God reached out. He sent his son to die for us even while we were still sinners. I wonder if you've ever had a sick child or a sick partner, a sick parent, and you feel so much for them and as you see them suffering that you would gladly take their place. But we can't. However, God did take our place. He sent Jesus to die to take our punishment. Why? Because you're valuable. God loves you. So what have we learned so far this morning? Each and every one of us, you, me, we're made in the image of God. What does it mean? That we're able to be like him. We're able to know him. We're able to make decisions. We have that free will to choose God sought us out, but we are free to decide how we respond to that searching. 
we've learned that you're incredibly valuable to him. That even as he laid down his life for us, that we might call him our Lord and Saviour. He searches for us this morning. If you don't know the Lord as your Saviour, then this morning God welcomes you. He says, come, put your trust, put your faith in me. And you know what? When we do that, the party in heaven is crazy. It's a great party. So that question again this morning, do you realize how very valuable you are? We can let that just drift over our heads or we can take it to heart. Do you know how valuable you are? We're going to sing again, Good, Good Father. Amen. Please take your seats. Haley's going to come and bring us the notices. Maybe you want to give her a clap. This lady works really, really hard. Thank you, Haley. Good morning, everybody. Now, I've got a lot of notices, so you might want to brace yourself. You also <laughs> might want to pick a copy of the notice sheet up, just so you remember everything. Join us this evening at 6 p.m. for our service. The service this evening is um, focusing on communion. There's a different theme each Sunday evening. So this Sunday evening, it's communion. And then next Sunday evening, we've got Grace Works coming to visit us. If you would like to sign up for Holiday at Home, that is on Thursday the 30th of September. There isn't a sign-up sheet. You need to actually go and speak to Vicky. She'll be around at the end of the service and she'll add your name to the list. This Wednesday lunchtime, we've got our service at 12.45 here in the building. So if you're free Sunday, sorry, Wednesday lunchtime, we'd love to see you. Our next church members meeting is Wednesday the 29th of September at 7.45. So if you are a church member, please add that to your diary and documentation and paperwork will follow in due course. Next Sunday at 4pm, we've got a service of reflection for um, if we've lost people since the pandemic and we've not been able to say goodbye properly, we're going to have a service at 4pm. So if you know someone who you've not been able to properly say goodbye to, please do come along. Or if you know friends and family who have gone through that, come along with them and it's a time of quiet reflection. This coming Wednesday is our second Wednesdays at RBC. Starts at 7.45. If you get here a bit early, you can grab yourself a tea and coffee. And um, if you can't make it in the building but would like to join via Zoom, please do contact the church office and they'll give you the Zoom details. Um, one of the things I've loved doing Wednesdays at RBC over this last year is getting to do small groups with different people, get to meet different people. So please do come along. The dates are all in the notice sheet, but we're now going to watch um, a short video of what we're going to be studying. Thank you. If you can come into the church to do it, even better. But if you can't, then please join us online. And um, it's, it's just good to be together and stop midweek and think about stuff. And we certainly had a great time this last Wednesday. We're going to say thanks to God for the offering and you may have seen on the way in there are offering boxes we're not passing it around still at the moment because of covid but please feel free even during a song to go and use the boxes or the card reader out the front um, and we thank god for continuing to work within this church and the ongoing ministries so let's pray together 
Father God, thank you for every offering that has been given this morning, that's gone across bank accounts and through the church. Father, you've blessed us with so much. We want to say thank you. We want to give back to you. And we pray that this money would be used for your glory. Lord, may it be used to make people's lives better. May it be used to bless people. May it be used to draw people to yourself. Lord, whether it's here in Romford or further afield around the world, Father, we pray that this offering would be used for your glory. And Father, as we offer our finances, so we also offer ourselves afresh this morning. Thank you that you are a good, good Father. Thank you for your love for us. Please take us this week and use us for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it gives me great delight to do the next bit. I like these kind of things in church. We have someone in our midst who looks far too young. But Pauline Reed, would you like to come forward? <laughs> she can't hear me. We have a certificate because this lovely lady and her husband who couldn't be with us this morning come to the front so everyone can see your beautiful face <laughs> so lovely to see you again and I've seen photos on Facebook you've had a lovely weekend haven't you a lovely week how many years 60 60 years of marriage that's pretty impressive isn't it What would you say to everybody here? How did you manage 60 years with Brian? <laughs> He's not here, so you can say whatever you like. Well, he can't be here today because he's got a short-term memory loss, which has got worse through the COVID. I think he was a bit worried. But, um, so I should be using this spare mic. Let me just grab this one so everyone can hear you, Pauline. She was just saying Brian would love to be here, but is unable to be here because it's got his memory loss has got worse over COVID. He's never ever interfered or stopped me from doing anything within the church, ever. And he's been here and supportive in his own way. Uh, so I'm very thankful, and only had two children. But I've got rather a lot of great-grandchildren. I've got <laughs> ten, which I saw Saturday, which was had an enormous party, which I can't really come to grips with yet. <laughs> but I'm thankful for the church and everything that's happened to me. I had to give up some of the things that I've always been doing, Jane, as you know. Um, but I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I've always enjoyed being part of this church family. And I thank you for that. Made many friends. And, uh, well, <laughs> Pauline, you are such a special part of our church. You and Brian and all your family, as you say, that you've done pretty well. You've got a lot of grandchildren, lots of grand great-grandchildren. Yeah. And you've been such a blessing to this fellowship. You're very much part of our family. Thank and you very much, we yeah. absolutely love you and Brian. There's a, a certificate. But flowers are also being picked right now. <laughs> Shall we just pray for Pauline and Brian? Father God, we thank you so much for this lovely couple. Thank you for the wonderful 60 years that they've had together for their diamond wedding anniversary. And Father God, we pray your blessing on them both. 
for Brian as things get difficult for him, Lord, we pray that you might just pour out your grace and mercy into that family, into his life and into Pauline's life. Lord, give them strength, give them courage, help them, Father God, as they take this new path in their lives. And Lord, we just thank you for all of the marriages that are represented in this church, and we pray your blessing and protection over them. Bless Pauline and Brian as they celebrate with their family, and thank you for every single one of those 60 years. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. There's no better time to do that than in a family service, isn't there? What a blessing. 60 years, 60 years, 60 years. Okay, we're going to hear our second reading. Pipe and Bacola are going to bring it to us from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Sorry, they've got a long way to come, all the way from upstairs. Good morning, church. Today I'm going to be reading from Luke 15. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got off to together with all he had, set off for a distant country, and then squandered his wealth in the wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, here, and here I am starving to death. I will, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against you, sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran off to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening, we must celebrate for the feast. For, his son, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he, asked, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have slaved for you and never once returned to do a single thing for you. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast of my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, 
Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. Amen. Thank you. Recently, I watched a documentary about a girl who was brought up in a Christian home. Her mother was a pastor out in America. But then as a teenager, her life took some really awful turns and she ended up committing murder. Our lives, how do we choose to live them? We pray for our children. We even pray for our church children, don't we? We stand up at their dedication. We promise to pray for them, to care for them, to look after them. We teach them God's word. We pray for them. We pray with them. We bring them to church. But ultimately, they have to make their own decisions. As parents, our greatest desire is that our children might grow up as Jesus, with Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's our biggest responsibility as we bring them up, isn't it? But the final decision is theirs. As children, teens, young and older adults, we're all responsible for our own response to God. So many of us wander off. People seek their worth and their value from their friends, from wealth, from success, from exam results, from appearance, driven in all the wrong directions to show that they have value, only to find at some point in their lives that all these things are worthless. They lack meaning. The bottom line is that we don't find our value in things, in achievements, in other people. Instead, we find our worth by turning to God, by returning to him. It's only there that we find our real value, that we find completeness for our lives. I wonder how many of us could talk about how we feel empty at times, where there just seems to be a hole in our lives, our need for meaning. Do you ever get that feeling at some point, what is the meaning of life? That hole is filled when we seek God and find him. We find that God loves us, that you are valuable. God wants to adopt us as his children into his family. He wants to adopt us, make us his true children. We're heirs with Christ, the Bible tells us. Heirs with Christ, can you imagine that? Jesus himself, we're heirs with him. Jesus has gone ahead to prepare a place in heaven for each one of us. We have an important place in God's family. You are valuable. Do you feel that this morning? You are valuable because you are made in God's image. And this story that was read for us, thank you so much, both of you. The story of the lost son, he tries to find his place, doesn't he? He heads out into the world. He's got all this money and riches. He parties. He has loads of friends. He has a great time. But suddenly his money runs out and he finds himself with nothing. And he realizes that he needs to return home. He's willing just to return home as a servant. But his father sees him from a distance and he runs to him and he hugs him. And he puts his best robe on him and a ring on his finger. And he brings him in and gives him a great party. I wonder where you place yourself in that story, that parable that Jesus told are you celebrating or are you far away? Are you enjoying God's goodness or are you trying to struggle on on your own and find your meaning and worth in things or in people or achievements? Or are you the older brother 
the one who went outside and started sulking because his father's never treated him like that. It's not fair that he comes back having done these terrible things and there's a party thrown for him. Are you somebody who's on the outside thinking, I, I, don't, like, I don't like how church is anymore. I don't, don't think it's right that we should do this or do that. I don't like things. We prefer to stay away from the celebration because we don't see God's image in the people around us. You're valuable this morning. You are so valuable. God says you are welcome. He puts out his arms and he welcomes every single person. We're going to sing another song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. I'm going to invite you to stay seated and to make this a prayer, to reach out your hands if you want to and just say, God, I want to know, I need to know that you love me this morning. Let's spend a few moments, yourselves and God, knowing that you're valuable.
Hello, church. I'm going to invite Dami, Samuel, and Caleb to come and sit with me for a minute. This morning, we're talking about valuable, what it means to be valuable, what do we consider in life to be valuable, and I'm just going to have a chat with these with these brilliant young men, and we're going to find out what they consider to be valuable. Okay. So Samuel, what school year are you in? Um, I'm in year... Ten right now. Yeah. I'm in year right. I'm in year ten. Wonderful, thank you guys. Okay, so we're talking about valuable. What is the most valuable thing that you own? Dami, what's the most valuable thing that you own? Not necessarily own, but I have my family. Um important wise and also the Bible and my phone. I love how you said that in that order, your phone being the last thing. Okay, Samuel, what's the most valuable thing you own? Um, so yeah, I would also say my family, but I don't really own my family. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say in terms of importance, in terms of what I need, I think I need my Bible. And I also really need my house key and my Oyster card, or else I really wouldn't be able to, like, go home. Thank you, Samuel. Okay, Caleb, what's the most valuable thing you own? I'd say it will probably must be um, Bible, my faith with God, my relationship, but um, another important thing is my family. Brilliant. Thanks, you guys. Okay. And... What does God tell us about our value? What does he tell us about how valuable we are? Um, Dami? He told us that we are made with love and care um, and that time also and that we should always respect ourselves and we should never give up. Okay. Now, I think within... Sunday mornings and within like the the blessing of us being together it's easy for us to remember these things but is it always easy to remember these things in everyday life Samuel so I think for me it's quite easy but I don't think for I don't know because it's quite easy to like write like people who have bad mental health off as like they aren't spiritually healthy. But I think like how even athletes get ill. I think even people who have strong faith also get sad sometimes and have bad mental health at times. So yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, big question. What would society look like if we valued each other the way that God values us, Caleb? 
I think we would all have unity. We would all be peaceful and loving and caring since we would um, maybe we would all be Christians and we wouldn't hate each other and want to commit suicide. And since we're made in God's image, we would um, be a nice, uh, loving community. Yeah. Amazing, thank you. Okay, so how, does, how do we as a church reflect that? Imagine someone is coming into our church for the first time off of the streets of Romford, and we need to show them that we are loving, that we're caring, that we value each other exactly as Caleb said. How do we reflect those things? Dami? We show to them compassion and generosity and support also respect and we can also treat each other as a church with equality and equity thank you Danny. okay and last question tell us a time when you felt valued samuel um well i, I always really feel valued but in a specific time i guess um when you ask me to do this, when anyone really relies on me or asks me to do anything, I kind of feel needed, I feel valued, so yeah. Thank you, Samuel. Dami, same question to you. Um, one time I went to school and I was without my mask and someone gave me one and that's one time where I felt valued because I didn't even ask for one. Thank you, Dami. And finally, Caleb, same question. I feel like the most important time was my baptism, as when I was baptised, like, um, I felt renewed again as a renewed Christian, so it's important to me. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing. Megan is going to come and lead us in prayer. Thank you, Megan. Let us pray. Dear Father, I thank you for everything that you have done for us today, that you have given us food, that you have woken us up. Dear Father, I pray that we all are safe and with and humble in ourselves. May your faith and spirit dwell in us in all, you do, in all we do. Dear Father, I pray that we are safe, that we, are, that we have our faith, and that even if we're in tribulation, that we pass this tribulation, dear Father. Dear Father, I pray for everyone's well-being here. May they be blessed in the name of grace. Amen. You know, listening to the boys, thank you so much for having the courage to come share with us this morning. Really, really appreciate it. And as a church, how valuable to listen to all ages sharing with us this morning and telling us about how valuable we are in front of God. That's been the message this morning, that you are made in God's image. And that's what makes you valuable. 
and to hear you boys talk about what value means. It gives us hope for the future, doesn't it? Us, the older generation these days, to know that actually we've got young people who really care, who really get it, who really understand. So thank you so much for sharing. I really hope that you'll leave here and retain these words that you are valuable this morning. I think for me, you hear those words and we know them. We've been told them all our lives. And they sometimes just fly over our heads without us really absorbing them into our heart. You know, so many times, even this weekend, I have felt not valuable. I have felt absolutely useless and hopeless. They're not the words that are from God for us. God does not say to us, Jan, you are useless at what you're doing. <laughs> Jan, that is rubbish. Thank goodness God doesn't. Instead, he says, you're my dearly loved children, and I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I want to bless you, and we've got this together. You are loved, and may you leave here this morning having sung all those amazing songs, knowing that you are loved. You know, so often we allow the world to define us, don't we? We listen to what other people say that we're useless, that we're worthless. We get bullied at home, at school, in the family, at work. We foul at home, at school, at work. Maybe illness or age has made us feel that we no longer have value. We are a burden rather than a blessing. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be the ones that undermine ourselves. We refuse to have any self-worth. We feel that we're useless at everything. We can't face other people since the COVID has robbed us of our confidence. Satan is whispering these things to us. This is not from God. And these passages that tell us how God seeks us out remind us that you are valuable. And God will celebrate when you put your trust in him. Being made in God's image means each and every one of us is valuable. And I pray that this week each one of us might know that value that we have before God and able to live in the pride of that wonderful knowledge. Recognize your worth, but also recognize the worth of every single person you meet this week. Let them know that they are loved, that they have worth, that they have value. Even that irritating neighbor or that difficult child in the class that you're teaching or whoever it is let them know that they're loved that they're valued why because every single person is made in the image of god we're going to stand and we're going to sing our final song together my hope is built on nothing less